Hi, and welcome to Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew, this is my co-host Jake, and this is my other co-host Jake. We decided to take a nice relaxing trip up to Vermont to stay in the world-renowned Stratford Inn, and to our pleasant surprise, look who just walked in from across the street from the Minuteman Cafe. It's John Volstead, other brother Daryl. <laughs> yes, welcome, welcome. You know, it's going to be pretty exciting. I know to a lot of Newhart fans, this is pretty surprising. Who knew? You could actually talk. I can, yeah. Yeah, that would have made the commentary a little um, difficult to do if you were going to stay in character the entire time. It would be odd. I'd, I'd be doing a lot of miming. There you go. So today we're commentating on three classic episodes of Newhart, handpicked by John himself. So stick around. We're sure to hear some stories about how this absolute classic of a TV series was created and the origins of Larry Daryl, and maybe even other brother Daryl. Check the timestamps out below, see when to start each episode, and sit back and enjoy. Our first episode we're looking at is Season 1, Episode 2's Mrs. Newton's Body Lies a Moldering in the Grave, original <laughs> air date, November 2nd, 1982. So this is actually the first appearance of Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. So um, you want to talk a little bit about how you were cast for this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the gentleman, Eugene Blythe, the casting director, uh, knew Tony and I from the theater, from the music center in Los Angeles. And because Tony and I had both done shows there, and and uh, Gene uh, knew we could uh, kind of just stand around and look like uh, we were still doing something by not doing anything. Yeah, so it's obviously this was originally supposed to just be a one-off um, appearance and as you know we'll um, we'll find stuff to talk about but you guys don't even appear till the about like last five minute mark in this episode it was um, supposed to just be one time and you guys really like brought down the house with it you know it's um, yeah yeah it was, it was uh, amazing yeah it's like yeah is it like the last five minutes we come in about that because it's literally you guys show up wow. Joanna says no let's leave them and then you know the episode ends. that's right yeah and we'll obviously get into it. You, know, you guys are wearing slightly different costumes and all right. that. You know, they hadn't completely gotten. I mean, they got the basic. You know, three quiet woodsmen. Two of them didn't talk, and two of them were named Daryl. Right. So, do you know um, the history behind like how they decided two of them would be named Daryl? Because that's such a funny joke. But like, you would think yeah, like it, it shouldn't work, but it does. It it came from the uh, the the gentleman who created it. Uh, uh, Barry Kemp. He had a. He said he had a dream about the uh, the Hanson brothers who were in Slapshot. Okay. Okay. And uh, they were. And I think their names were something, something, and something. And so he said that's what gave him the idea to name us uh, with the two names. Well, there you go. Again, you know, it's you. You would think like if I were to describe this to most people, it's like, hey, the gimmick is it's these three woodsmen. Only one of them talks, and the other two, and they always introduce themselves every time they walk in the room. A lot of people would be like, I don't see how that's funny. But every time across 91 episodes, you know, every every single appearance after um, this one, I mean, this one you guys did got pretty well received, but like later on, I mean, you guys are getting like more applause than like Bob Newhart and all of them. You guys were rock stars. It, it, we, were, we, we were, yeah, we were all on. Um equal ground but it was fun yeah it was, it was pretty darn amazing to us as well yeah so um well as we're going through this obviously um a lot of people who are watching so i know my parents when we were re-watching um the first season they forgot um that um julia duffy and peter scolari weren't in the no. first season 
it was Jennifer sort of... Holmes who played the, like Stephanie's uh, cousin. Yeah, cousin, I think it was. Yeah. And then Steve Campman played Kirk. Um, so you didn't, you know, this um, in this episode you don't interact with any of the other ones. But did you get to interact with um, uh, Jennifer Holmes or Steve Campman at all in the across the two seasons before both of them were um, replaced? In the second season, uh, there's an episode called Ricky Nelson Up My Nose. I don't know if you looked that one up or not, but yeah. uh, Kirk gets a, a nickel or something stuck up his nose and has to go to the hospital. And we go visit him in the hospital. Right. So, and you know, that's the thing. It's I, I watching this, I had never seen, I'd seen clips. I'd obviously seen the famous ending, which we'll get to um, when we do our Q and A, but um, hadn't really watched a lot. So as I'm watching this from start to finish, um, it's, I'm seeing like, yeah, like they both worked very well and served completely different functions like, than later on with um, Julia Duffy and um, Peter Scolari. So it's just interesting to see the what could have been had um, yeah, continued right. on this. Yeah, and they were both excellent, you know, what they did. And, and Catman came from Second City in Chicago, very good writer and comic actor. Yeah, yeah, he um, later, or maybe earlier, no, later on went to write, uh, or be a co-writer on Back to School, the Rodney Dangerfield movie. Um, oh, okay. The, um, it was a bo box office bomb, but I personally loved it. Clifford with um, Martin Short, uh, where for just some reason Martin Short's decided to play like a 10-year-old boy, like it's just him like, walking on his knees. <laughs> it's a weird movie, and it's got Charles Grodin as his exasperated uncle. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, I w loved watching it growing up, and I'm like, why does this name sound familiar? Because I'd seen it in the credits a ton of times. So Yeah. Um, so now we're in the whole, it's setting up the plot here where they're right. you know, trying to find where to put Mrs. Newton and all that, you know, we're going right. to be introducing you guys later on. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, but this is just classic new heart. Like this is just so exaggerated and ridiculous how, you know, Bob is the straight man to all this being like, I'm the only one who finds this odd that there's a woman buried in my basement and the, this whole kooky town. It's just right. like, this is perfectly normal. You guys are like flipping coins later. Who gets to dig her up and all that? It's right. Yeah, the writing on the show um, was great. Now, do you have any like particular like you know favorite moments from the series in general um, that like you thought like this is just zany writing at its finest? No, the writing was great throughout all the episodes. They had a great group of uh, writers, and they would change up writers every few years and stuff too to keep yeah. it fresh as well. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's um, I love marathoning these old um, classic TV series and all that. And it's like you know, I've, since quarantine for COVID began, you know, I've watched through the first seven seasons of New Heart. It's like yeah, they didn't really ever repeat any plot lines. As you see, some other sitcoms have the same plot, you know, repeated a couple times. And it's like somehow they're just like coming up with every week something new and wacky for you guys to. And I think that uh, yeah shows with how you know crazy the characters are it's like you know what can we have larry daryl daryl do you know it's you know with how crazy everyone is and how eclectic the cast is there's just an abundance of choices that you can go in any direction yeah that's what that's what that's why i chose the three that we were watching the, being the first one you know and the other two yeah and um i mean yeah i mean it's just, and especially with you guys like they just came up with great like even if like you weren't the center of the episode like they just gave you great gags that like like would make me like laugh out loud like almost tears in my eyes like my two favorite jokes and it's become a running joke with my um, father and I is uh, I'm blanking on the episode name but it's a uh, episode with Jose Ferreira Stephanie's father oh, yes. comes to town and 
it's during like the colonial days in town and like to keep him from leaving him and dick get arrested and are put like in the stocks and the episode right, that's like, right yeah dick's still in the stocks and he's like guys five bucks anyone to itch my nose and like all three of you just come over hand him a five dollar right. bill and just scratch his nose and it's like that just exemplifies just like what's the weirdest thing we could have them do this week and it was very cool and those stocks that they had uh, uh the men were right outside the the studio where uh, studio we shot in yeah. right there at mtm yeah and um yeah i mean that was like one of the few times we got to see the outside it's like oh we're we're not on the sound stage right now this is great yeah right that's right it's like this, this is the sun outside um, yeah. that was also graceland we also did graceland at the same location like when we did the where we went hiking trying to find graceland and elvis you know yeah, I was, that was actually going to mention that was my other favorite moment, just like sporadically throughout the episode. You guys just keep checking in. You're going through like Queens, which is like depicted like a war zone practically. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. And then, yeah, yeah. Out, I'm, I'm like, is that really, like, did they fly the three of you down there for Graceland? Because it, it looked like the fence. Uh, it, it, yeah, they did a great job designing, doing the fence. And then that that's just perfect. Like, you know, Tony revealed to be like doing an Elvis impersonation. Didn't he do it? He did a great Elvis, yeah. too. Well, yeah. you know, in the next episode, we'll see he's called the face. So it's like, you know, he, he pulled it off well. You know, you, you definitely believe that the women would um, like him, especially when he's doing his Elvis. Yeah, exactly. Now, the gentleman you see playing the pastor, that is actually Bob Newhart's father-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah, know. Bill Quinn. And he was, uh, he'd been a character actor for years and years in Hollywood. And so this is Jenny's, that's Jenny's father, Bill Quinn. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, any one of these people could have eventually been spun off into being their own side character. Yeah, you know, like the, the kooky priest who's just like kind of apathetic, kind of not. Um, you know, he pulls off like this New Englandish priest who, or pastor, right. who um, is just like, yeah, you know, hey, are you going to show up at church? And, you know, not, you know, I think we already passed the joke where, um, you know, he's like, oh, can you donate anything? And Dick's like, oh, you know, you got change for a 20, which I don't know what right. that would be now in 2020 dollars, but a little bit more than a 20 back then. Right, right, exactly. I'll put it up on the screen below. Now, I know um, Bob Newhart probably wouldn't be too happy if he was watching this with the captions because it keeps putting stuttering under um, half of his lines, and he always says stammer versus stutter is what he would describe. Oh, I don't think he, he, he would mind that in the slightest. Uh, no, I know that's just been a running joke. Um, yeah, right, yeah. And that. Um, so, yeah, obviously we're um, in this church scene now, and um, with Bob and um, Mary Fran and, and yeah. obviously father-in-law. Um, you know, Mary Fran obviously sadly passed away not too long after the series. Just um, a few years, yeah. yeah. You know, tragically very young. Um, yeah. But she was, you know, very great. Had a lot of comedic talent, you know, looking through IMDb. She did. She didn't um, have too many other comedic roles, it seemed like. You know, it's, it's a no. true shame she didn't get to do um, more. So, I mean, do you have any good Mary Fran stories you'd like to share? Just that she, she was really a uh, really sweet lady and stuff and, uh, and um, always warm and personable. And uh, uh, at one time... Uh, uh, they had an aerobics class, her and Julia. So I joined in on that later in, like, about six seasons in. <laughs> uh, well, I I heard that where they um, um they say on the special features that you guys like would pass by, and I then got caught up to an episode where they actually did do an aerobics do. So I'm like, oh, I wonder. If yeah, that we did. We did an episode it. where we, there was an aerobics, and 
yeah, that was that was that was a fun. That was one of my favorite episodes as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, no, I mean the, the entire cast is just like pitch perfect down to like even when even when you get to um, you know even when you get to you know Chester and Jim Chester, and yeah, Harley, Bill Landatow and Tom Hill. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and um, I'm blanking. Um, Je- yeah, Jeffrey Jeff Doucette, ha- yeah, is who um, Harley. And Todd Sussman is uh, Officer Shiflet. Yeah, Shiflet. Um, yeah. Everyone's great, and that's the um, one question I had for you is um, obviously you guys, you know, were able to be in the show a lot more often when um, the character of Kirk left, and you guys took over the Minuteman Diner. Minuteman, yeah. And I could see um, there was a possibility of if that never happened, or they just then pretended the Minuteman didn't exist, where there's a potential where you guys were like, um, you know, J- Jim, Chester, and all them, where um, you didn't get to show up too often, you know, unless the plot needed it. Now, with how popular you guys were becoming in the first and second season, was there an attempt to try and find you a way in to be, you know, more reoccurring um, no matter what? Or was that just a, hey, you know, we need someone on the Minuteman. This is a happy coincidence. I, I We had no idea that they were going to, put us in the Minutemen, uh, uh, and we were very happy when they did, yeah. Kirk was looking for somebody to buy the Minuteman, so he sold it to us. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, it was sad to see Steve go, but I mean, if it yeah, was exactly. more Larry, Daryl, Daryl, you know, I think uh, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it worked perfectly because, you, you know, the Minuteman was run down even in, like, the first two seasons. Like, that was the joke that no one ever ate there, and it kind of, the joke kind of worked because of how, um, skeevy steve steve's character was that he just didn't care right. but i mean it really took on a whole new level of you know when you guys are there and there's like the one episode where they're trying to teach you how to like run the restaurant better and like i i think it's you have like sugar in your pocket that you're like trying to pour into like yeah. coffee right uh, like they're pulling the buns out of their pants and all that and it's just like it works perfectly that this is the you don't know how they're keeping it open, but there's at least one or two people that go in there enough to keep the lights on for them. Right. There was another. There's another episode where we have a lot of prisoners coming through, and Kirk uh, needed help with the with the uh, restaurant at the time. I think. I think that's the was, Ricky Nelson one that he was. I think that is the Ricky yeah, Nelson one. Yeah. That you guys all got roped into helping. Yeah. Him. Right. And in that was Bobby Pastorelli, who was in. Uh, uh, Murphy Brown later on. Oh, rewatch and keep an eye out. And that's thing I've noticed a lot of um, famous people, you know, famous before they were famous in this series. Um, yeah. Um, and then just like a lot of great guest stars, of course, you know, we've talked about Jose Ferreira, you know, Ruth Gordon played Kirk's grandmother a couple times. Um, yes. We got to go to jail with Ruth Gordon. That's right. And then, you know, Johnny Carson is apparently close friends with you guys, you know, pays your bills right. and all that. I know. Wasn't that great? I yeah. love that. Yeah. Which I'm surprised they were able to get him um, because you know Tonight Show. Though, though, was that after he left the Tonight Show? No, no, he was he was, he was actually in between. He ran over from from the show and uh, did his thing, and then and then I think he was done. I think he'd done both shows by then. Okay. The afternoon and uh, evening show, I think. Okay, yeah, because I was wondering um, if there was contention because obviously this was CBS, so their main competitor. Yeah, wondering. he but was. I, we, I, we were getting ready to go on, and he popped up right behind us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I guess at that point, you know, the NBC is like, what can we do if it's Johnny Carson? We, <laughs> we, we, we don't get to um, tell him what to do now. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, 
See um, where we at there now. Yeah, so now we're getting to the point where, again, they're really trying to figure out how to get her out. Now we know we yeah. can get um, yeah. Mrs. Newton out. Um, should we just let her, and Mary's deciding, should we just, I think we should just let her stay. Yeah, you know, and it, she, it, it, it really shows, like, how, like, nice of a character, you know, Joanna's supposed to be, that she's getting yeah. like, really invested where Dick is being practical. I just want this body out of here so I can put the furnace in. Yeah, I just needed to put the furnace in, yeah. And actually, um, I'm talking about witchcraft. This um, episode has a sequel, um, almost. Um, the Stratford Horror Picture Show from season four, yeah. episode 15. Um, and that actually focused on you. They were trying to accuse you of causing some of the right. ghostly yeah. occurrences um, when the right. Stratford's previous owner said, oh, yeah, the Stratford's haunted by Mrs. Newton. So I'm like, oh, wow, that's a deep callback now, <laughs> going back to season one. Yeah. <laughs> and I would pop up in the walls upstairs throughout the house and wandering throughout the walls. Well, I got, yeah. I got, yeah, I got stuck in the house. And again, it just goes to show, it's like, you know, you guys were the perfect characters. Because, I mean, I suppose Harley was dim-witted that he could be inadvertently doing something like that. But, like, it, it was a little bit of a stretch versus, of course, Larry or one of the Daryls is stuck in the walls. You know, of course, one yeah. of them is doing something weird like that. And the opening with the flashlights, you know, kind of... E.T. looking flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I like the other Halloween special. Um, I think it's Take Me to Your Loughton is the name of it, where it's a yeah. parody. Oh, that was the one with the, the flashlights, worlds. I yeah. believe. Oh, yeah. That, um, yeah. The parody of the War of the Worlds, where they all think you're Martians because you were like trying to outgo cow tipping and scare them. That's or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Watching all of these in well, only a few months, they're all kind of blending together. <laughs> It was funny because uh, the uh, I was watching another episode today called um, uh, what was it? it was, where we were all meeting for the book burning, oh, the, a town without pity. Yeah. And we're meeting for and uh, Daryl and Daryl come in dressed up like Julia in the red cloak for the book burning. Yeah, again, it's just it's one of these things where it's like it goes back and forth on the intelligence levels of like the three of you guys that sometimes like you're the dumbest people in the world. Other times like, oh, they actually know what they're doing a little bit more than they let on. Right, and right. There's moments like that where it's like hilarious. And again, you know, it goes to the show that Dick is the only sane one in that town. Um, yeah, I remember that up. So they're all burning it because someone used one of his how-to books to supposedly break out. Exactly. Yeah, somebody a guy who escaped prison. Yeah. They've all turned on their friend, and they're, you know, ready to burn it, and, like, see, like, how, oh, wow, everyone's turned on in season seven, so, you know, nearly a decade of living here, and I'm still the outsider. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it shows, again, the coziness. The town all forgives them at the end, you know, a little disconcerting how quickly yep. they turned, but, you know, came round back again. No, he's right. Yeah, right, exactly. So, and oh, we've now just mentioned the we'll do anything for a buck, um, your right. original thing. I could imagine had you guys not taken over the Minuteman, that would have been a reoccurring, like that's how they kept trying to. It would have been, yeah, it would have been, we would have been coming back, fixing things, even though George was the handyman. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, that dropped out. There was an episode, I believe, in um, season three where, you know, that's even a point of contention, like, you know, George doing favors around the town, like, you know, you guys don't know, like, Larry, Larry says, I don't know how we can compete with that price of you doing it for free, you know? Oh, right. That was the last I time. Uh, I forgot anything, that one. Yeah, it's the last time anything for a buck is um, mentioned. Yeah. So, thankfully, you know, you got the Minuteman, and it, it made more sense that, you know, you guys are across the parking lot, across the street. I, I said across the street. I don't know exactly where it is, but right next door to it, that... Um, 
you guys can pop in anytime you want. Yeah. And there, there's Jennifer. I actually did another episodic. It was an episode of Chips with Jennifer Holmes. Oh, really? You guys all just kept crossing paths. So, and we're now, um, presumably, Dick was just talking to Larry, and then yep. here come the men, the myths, the legends. Come. Here we go. You guys have slightly different costumes, but you're like 95% there. So it's, Yeah, I had the same jacket and shirt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they hadn't given had, um, Larry his overcoat yet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, he did have the quarter in his ear. I don't know if you knew about the quarter in his ear. I've never noticed that. He, had yeah. a, he would always have a quarter in his ear? Yeah, for the whole, for the whole eight seasons. He'd, um, Bill had seen a, an old uh, gentleman... Uh, black gentleman who was who had always had a quarter in his who had a, and it looked like people asked him if it was a hearing aid but it was a quarter because in case oh, he ever I ran out of, the, the old guy if, if he ever ran out of money at the time he'd have phone for a, a phone call and there you go i mean I, I, yeah. that'll, I will now never not be able to notice that yeah you look for it people think it looks like a hearing aid yeah yeah so and it's just i forgot hearing. which ear it, uh, his right ear, it looks like. Um, yeah, okay. Just turn, it looks like it's sitting there. Okay. But well, that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, you can also see, you know, Tony um, does not have his nearly as long hair yet or um, has right. slicked back a little bit more. Right? I think you're probably closest to how you end up being I'm, for the rest of the series. Yeah, I looked out, yeah. Why mess with perfection? Yeah. Um, I had that, that long hair pretty much all the way through. Yeah, it's My a, Robert Plant look. No. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, God, now I'm just imagining. Yeah. Well, actually, Harpo Marx. Yeah. Here we go. We're gonna go find Mrs. Newton. Yeah. You know, and again, you know, that was supposed to be really one of your only moments, and you know, it was played off, and that's the joke at the end of the episode that as soon as you guys leave, like Dick locks the door, that like you guys are slightly yeah. frightened, or they were slightly frightened of you guys, and then. You, they're more just bemused, vaguely annoyed by you from moving right. forward. And you can see that later on in the, in the, yeah, the writing. Uh, is so good. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, you can't have. Um, it would be too mean spirited if they're always like terrified of you. But like, it, it makes sense for if this is a one-off. Like, oh, these guys are crazy. Like, you know, as, yeah. Um, as uh, well, technically not Dick. Bob, um, in the finale, Bob Hartley said, you know, there's these three woods. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you, you're, it's, the, when you describe it, it's like, eh, that could be terrifying. Like, we could see, like, a horror movie remake of New Heart where they're being besieged yeah. by, like, the like Deliverance-style guys. We, we should try to uh, in, intercut, make a, a, one of those scary uh, trailers that people make of other shows. Yeah, I mean, you got the flashlights over under your like yeah, know, right. mouse creepy music and then just quiet echo. Hi, I'm Lareth. This is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. And me coming out of the walls. <laughs> exactly. I mean, no, yeah. If, in any other world, that would be horrifying. But again, in the world of New Heart, it's hilarious. Right, exactly. And they, they will always treat you guys like, you know, scolded puppy. Like, come on, Daryl, please don't come into our room anymore. Yeah. Here you come again. The joke, obviously, that you're coming you're back flipping up. Yeah. For, you're flipping for the first dig and all that. Yeah, first. Again. Yeah. Just how quirky you guys are. And then they they give us the bad news. 
And again, just sh- goes to show, like, again, you know, can't say it enough how well you and Tony go from um, doing, you know, having nothing to really work on, just, you know, acting with your faces, like, just how, like, much emotion we get across here. Like, you guys are, like, crushed. This is, like, the worst day of your life that you can't dig someone up. All yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's a real testament, again, you know, we'll talk about it, especially as we get into the next two episodes that feature you guys a little more, um, more acting range, that you guys really did a great job with it. Oh, thanks, yeah, and especially when we go out and uh, he says, well, we can dig up a possum. You know, it's, it's great, and you're just like, you're like, kind of like about to walk off and like very clear, but like, no, no, you can't take one more step forward, we won't see you run yeah. off. Because yeah, if the camera had been straight on, you would have been fine. But at that angle, you're about to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. to luck. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's just perfect. And this is the perfect, you know, sting to, um, if it's a one-time appearance, that just like, yep, here's the guys, you know, they're installing it. Yeah. You know, luckily for, you know, all of us at home, and then luckily for the three of you guys, that was um, not the end of it. Yeah, it was really, it was really nice. Well, and it was very, it was kind of unexpected that we would uh, be back. But we, we were thought I'd heard from my manager at the time, the person I had. He said I think it might turn into something. So he was, uh, yeah. he had the, he had the sense that something might else might occur again. Yeah, because you appeared only in one more episode in the first season, then that's when right. it blew up. So. And then two, the second season as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, well, and we will be right back momentarily with the second episode, so hold on. Yeah. Welcome back. We are now doing The Prodigal Daryl, Season 3, Episode 21, original air date, May 6, 1985. So, um, this isn't exactly the first Larry Daryl and Daryl-centered episodes. That's arguably, um, Miss Stephanie or Dick Gets Larry's Goat, um... Yeah, right, Miss Stephanie, yeah, right. But this is the first one where the plot is 100%, you know, centered on the three, you know, of, yeah. um, you guys, you know, those two. It's arguably, like this, uh, Yeah, Stephanie like you said, Miss Stephanie, where yeah. we're the three bears and she's Goldilocks. Yeah, you know, arguably, you, you played a huge role in that, but, you know, this one, it's, you know, yeah. Daryl story so it is yeah so what was that like now that like oh we're going from like a couple coming coming on a handful of times a season to we're now given our own storyline oh it was great it was great because everybody was we'd sit around the table and uh, they would read have the first read through and and we would just do our shrugs or we would uh, just kind of sit there and nod <laughs> It was a lot of fun. It was great. That gave you um, a lot of ample time to figure out what's the best shrug to do for this scene. And I know right. um, I've read in interviews that you and Tony would um, come up with like scripts in your head, like of like, okay, if we did have lines, like what are what's our internal monologue here? So is that yeah, exactly? That yeah, we did. We, we yeah, because yeah, there was there was internal monologues going on. Yeah, that's interesting. And, um, and I mean, that's how we we react. Our chemistry, the three of us together, too. We, we we could read we could all read each other. Yeah, I mean you're firing on all cylinders at like all times, obviously, but I mean especially like these episodes, like the jokes are so. I mean, again, it goes to the writing in general, but the jokes are so tight. You know, your reactions, like you guys are all like very deadpan. Um, we'll get to it later in this episode. And, you know, like 
Larry's getting ticked off that everyone's getting like, uh, you know, like yeah. into the, you know, spell of, you know, the consumers and you're, you're just like shooting the soda gun into your mouth. I know. I love that. Yeah. And, and, Bob, and Bob playing with the little ball. Yeah. The, like, the electricity ball. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's perfect. The only thing that would have made that better is if it was the one that produced the static electricity. Like I really would have loved, um, Daryl to go over to touch and just his hair stand up and you see a little bit of that would have been <laughs> that would have been cool yeah that might have been a continuity nightmare though for that yeah right between shots so but it's great man. yeah because it worked great with Bob at the end where he keeps playing with the ball there yeah yeah here we go so, um, did you like our little jingle poppity pop poppy poppity pop poppy and, and it's great, and it, like you know, Dick has the joke when he finds out that you guys won thirty grand again off to put up um, from nineteen eighty five to today, like what that um, would be. But you know, yes, that's substantial right. Substantial amount of money back then, still a substantial amount of money now, and it's just you know, great where it's like this inane jingle, and like Dick just says, you know, you know, who says there's no justice in this world, or like something like that. Like it's just, right, like, exactly. It just plays into the audience is like Dick sees you guys as you know, kind of like stupid you know woodsman but like you have a lot more going on like you you have your like you know, like um the pulse of society at times you know now knowing we that do well you can from bill's lines from the way he you know from the way he scolds some people like you know uh yeah okay. in one of the scenes he's talking about investing our money in this one it was yeah. bob and you know how upset he is with uh he says, "Wait, I don't. I can't figure it out. Wait, you mean the money gives you free ba- money? Bank gives you free money? That doesn't make sense. I don't think I want to do business with that." Exactly, but I mean, it, and again, it just you know, when they need you guys to be like sharper than everyone else, it works, and when they need you guys to be dimmer somehow than all the already dim people in this town, it works perfectly, and it seems natural. Yeah, yeah. I describe as Larry and Daryl and Daryl as the type of people that they're kind of dumb on a lot of things, but the things they know, they know better than anyone else in the world. So you know how to write jingles better than anyone else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know how the bank works, but know how this works. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We, we keep the money under our mattresses, you know? Yeah. Well, that's actually um, a fun, one of the other episodes I really like. Um, it's not centered around you guys, but it's, um, opens up with Dick and Joanna fighting and she kicks him out of the bedroom. The episode is, you know, him going from trying to sleep in the you know, living room, can't do that, goes, you know, to George's room, can't do that, try, you know, can't go to Peter Scolari's um, yeah. room and he ends up with you guys and you're all yeah. you're like, your red, like, long johns, the old-fashioned right. hats, you know, you have a lard fight, you know, that's punctuates yeah. him just leaving, like, I can't handle this. And, and he tells us a story. Yeah. And I love Bedtime you. story. Yeah, I love your your um, matching hats here now. Yeah, our chapeaus. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else changed. Just this. Perfect. Yeah. Now, one thing I've always noticed um, with this is that other brother Daryl, you, um, is the seems to be the simple, simplest, sweetest one of them, and Daryl is usually the one who's given the sometimes mean-spirited jokes. He, I haven't done a tally, he hasn't seen, but he seems to be the one that usually is giving the silent treatment to someone else, and, you know, when Larry yeah, he's yeah, more Larry blank, and then other one, and then, um, yeah. et cetera, and all that. So how was that decided, that um, just that he had a good stern face at times? It was, that, um, well, for Tony, it was it came from a director. It was Will McKenzie. We were doing an episode, and uh, uh, 
I think it was the very first episode. Uh, and uh, Will just said, you guys do nothing. Just do nothing. So Tony took that to heart and just did nothing. It was stoic, was, okay. was Buster Keaton. Yeah. And I chose Harpo Marx. And it, it works, and it's, it's always hilarious when it's like one Daryl is angry at the, like the rest of the cast, and you just get Tony like just angrily, like or stoically, just like looking at you again, not saying a word, but you can read in his face. I mean, my personal favorite is um, when Larry runs for mayor, and they count yeah. votes and realize one of them he realizes one of you didn't vote for him, and like Tony just kind of like looks down stoically, you know, like yeah, I'm sorry, I'm the traitor, I'm the Benedict Daryl as it's described. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And we both, yeah. And it's funny to learn that, you know, they gave me a modeling career at one point. And, and I, that's one of the jokes where, like, I just, like, was laughing silly. Like, when they appear, um, it, that's in the next episode, but when they're walking in, yeah. holding, like, an 8 by 10 glossy. Yeah. It's just, again, like, you don't know what the three of you guys are doing when you're not on camera, no. but apparently it's very adventurous. And what was great, though, from the beginning, when, from when we first met on doing the first show and stuff, uh, we felt a great chemistry between the three of us. And, uh, yeah. and, and that continued uh, through to today. You know, we're still the best of friends. And that's nice to hear. I mean, you hear a lot of times, you know, people are disappointed when they find out that some of their favorite sitcom stars actually don't like each other that well. It's that they're like, oh, no, this was just a job. So it's very... When I heard that, that, um, you know, they served as in your wedding as your best yeah. friend and all, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that is so nice. I like in the world of like finding that out how sucky 2020 is, I'm like, oh, that's that's heartwarming. That make that makes me feel a little bit better in the apocalypse going on around us. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah, despite that being like 30 years ago, but still, yep. Um, you know, this is actually, again, you know, goes to show you how quirky everyone is, like this interesting B plot of just like them trying to do a Christmas photo in May. It's just a great thing to give the rest of them. To it's a while. great gimmick. Yeah, it was yeah, very funny. Bob helps you guys out. Apparently you guys aren't affected by the heat as much as everyone else is. Don't no. Your long coats, multiple layers. Yeah. But, and we, we, seem, we seem to be insular. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Yeah. And we had one of the first appearances of, you know, Larry saying, hi, I'm Larry blank and this is my other brother daryl yeah again yeah, it's exactly. always great when one of you doesn't show up and again it's on the surface that should not work every single time that should be a one-time joke is hilarious after that that is no longer funny but it's somehow always funny every single yeah. time one of you is missing see like here we're yeah and then we start playing the song yeah and we do a take to each other Again, neither of you talk in this one, but like you, you both, um, you know, just perfectly just look at each other, knowing you know you're trying to smile a little bit here. You can read so much into all these reactions. Yeah. And then Todd Sussman coming in. Now this had to be one of his um, first appearances too. I know. Um, yeah, I think it was. It was his first. It might have been his first. It also the first time I was watching this, I didn't realize it until um, this most recent re rewatch when I was getting prepared that um, that's supposed to be sweat on the front of him. That yeah, how hot it is. I get disconnected from the two um, plots. It's like, oh, he's supposed to be sweating his ass off in this scene. Yeah, he is. He's like totally like. <laughs> it's a nice little detail. So we we don't have any sweat stains on us. Yeah. 
Yeah, pools. We just don't look at. So, but I always love the bric-a-brac you guys like had behind you, and I know that um, was behind there from when. Um, Is that Kirk cool? Owned, Kirk, yeah, Kirk owned it, but still, just the idea that you guys are trying to sell souvenirs to like whoever comes in is yeah. perfect. And you see that in like these uh, New England, you know, small town like diners where it's like, did yeah, you, have, like did you have to look up the Wayberry Inn? Uh, where yeah, is yeah, I've seen their site, you know, for my gimmick of, uh, I mean, not gimmick of being in the Stratford. Um, I yeah. look up um, a Google Street View to have that by me, but they've actually changed the outside in the past few years. They've recited it, so it's they a, have. almost a cedar yeah. color now. So it's like, how can you do that? Yeah, but it still basically looks, from the pictures I see, almost the same inside. Yeah. But it doesn't I look like anything it. like yeah. the, the Stratford. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing where it's... Um, inside. This show does a little bit better than other shows. You know, I know Full House is one where people say, you know, you look at the outside of the, you know, the establishing shots, that does not make sense at all how the inside of this house can be shaped. And, you know, it doesn't oh, yeah. look too far off. I mean, you know, you could buy that. It um, looks like that inside. But, yeah, I've seen the pictures. You know, I like yeah. the new heart set a little bit better. Yeah, and it feels rustic. I mean, even though it's supposed to be like 90 degrees, you know, you feel yeah, exactly. cozy 90. watching this. And you've got the, the, the guests who are coming in and sweltering and what the heck is going on here? And I think someone um, did the math that there's no way this inn could stay open with when you see only one couple at a time coming in yeah. to stay at the inn. I just always <laughs> you figured, between, yeah. And they're like seven rooms. Yeah. So... I always assume just in between your wacky adventures, the rooms are always constantly packed. Yeah. When they say on the DVD, like, you know, Bob Newhart was saying someone sent him, like, a, um, in, in, like, innkeeper's trade magazine saying, do not try and run your, in, like, on Newhart, you will go out of business very quickly. Right. Right, yes. How many, yeah. But then sometimes when you'll, you'll see the dining room packed with people who are not, you know, some of the... Uh, extras were there showing like at least there was a few more people at the inn yeah i mean obviously it just like works to have you know like only one couple in this so you don't have multiple people and whatnot you know it, oh it yeah works. Um, and michael and stephanie have a great dynamic you know they do yeah 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 and they didn't do try and do the will they won't they like they did with um kirk and leslie which i think was a good thing to do that like nope they're just gonna be dating they're just vapid self-important people now i know they did a handful of episodes where they break up should we get married should we not but you know they're always you know together throughout the series and it's just like they're a sickeningly cute couple and it's perfect (laughs) yeah well it's great when when they come in with the christmas presents and yeah Yeah. here we go here's bill Assuming they're confusing him for Ronald Reagan, which I think now in um, your later years he could um, he could probably pull off Reagan now. Give him a pompadour, he probably could pull it off now. <laughs> he probably could, yeah. You're right. There we go, Chef. Let's see. It's still hot outside. Yeah. He's got a little limp after becoming. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, that's what like really fooled me. Like on this is like they didn't do the sweat gimmick to anyone else. Now, like George is like the, really the only other one who's different. He's not wearing his full flannel. Um, shirt under his um overalls now like he's just wearing like an undershirt so that's the only one that's yeah. really 
yeah. after the meeting. I know they're like drinking and they have the fans on, but like, yeah, it was very odd that they decided we're going to realistically show this man is sweating. Maybe because he's running around trying to find Daryl. He's sweating. Yeah. Over, but... I don't know if you hear my dogs in the background. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. We always like dogs. They're here on our show. I, I like that 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 uh, house. Yeah, very you know eighties, you know very modern and yeah. Um, now this you know this was something I just realized rewatching it. This is um, Dave Coulier from Full House. Is yeah. his buddies here? Yeah, exactly. We talk. We were talking about Full House earlier. Yeah, so, yeah. Was he, was it Full House? He was on. Yeah. So yeah, I almost tripped up and revealed it early that he was in it. But I'm like, oh wait. Oh. Yeah. And they're playing. I don't know if they're supposed to be druggies, stoners, just drunk, or it's supposed to be a. I think just drunk, junk, drunk, drunk uh, Vermonters. Yeah. You know, they're out for a good time. They're playing. So he says, "I think let's go and spit off the roof and see what hits the ground fast." Yeah, I, I wasn't sure, but I mean, it it works. You know, they're like out of place, or even Dick Jackson, especially though um, you two, like you know, this like the polar opposite of you two. Oh yeah. And I always thought it was funny that th this would be the equivalent of these are his two new, like he would be, if he, if Tony talked, he would be like, this is my roommate, John, and my other roommate, John, like that. He's yeah. now the leader of these two. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Which I know you um, later on had an episode where um, Tony was revealed to be the oldest brother and he tried taking over right. for a while. Yeah, that's right. We both took the mountain. Yeah. See, Tony turns out to be a pretty good dancer here. Yeah, it, it's a great reveal, just like him, like, you know, really it is. taken in by the 80s, you know, me generation and all that. And it's like, just for, you know, one minute, he's corrupted. He still loves his brothers, but, you know. Yeah. And then, and, and I love him where Bill pulls him down. Yeah. And what? <laughs> That's great. What the heck? Just a very, very brotherly kind of thing. What are you thinking of? You know, it's the only time I think he's not wearing his hat the entire series. Might be wrong, but it's like, oh, this looks different. Yeah. Like seeing Mickey Mouse without his gloves on or something. <laughs> or Goofy without his big shoes. Exactly. You know, and again, yeah, this shows you, uh, you know, Larry's intelligence. Like, you know, this is how champagne will lose its fizz. You know that. You know that. Exactly. Yeah. The ice isn't serving any purpose here. Why? Just gargling soda water. Yeah. Or something. I love the fizzy water. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm surprised we never saw because you, I would, one would assume the Minuteman might have a soda gun behind that bar, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you'd think we would have a soda gun. Yeah. But maybe that's too highfalutin for you guys. Maybe, maybe Kirk had that in there, but you took it out because it's an implement of seduction. Yeah. Like said. We just give bottles of soda. Yeah. That that's where you make your money. You charge a lot more on that. You don't you don't make the mistake of free refills at the minute, man. That's what exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no free refills at the Minuteman Cafe, unless you have coffee. Exactly. Well, again, here's where we're talking about the electric ball. That, Love this. You know, that, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Dick is like a uh, child here, like, he, and I think it plays into. He does care about the three of you guys, but like he also is slightly ambivalent about it, so he does just get easily distracted here. Yeah, it's great. And and then and Bill becomes his parent, yeah. Dick's parent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, um, and it's great because Tony chooses not to, you know, 
I'm, I'm outside looking through the telescope. <laughs> it's also great here because um, one little detail I liked in here is he's playing what clearly looks to be like a racing game as you hear like the Pac-Man sound effects over it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so right. Throw video games. And we got the girl. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah, Face, you know, he's the ladies' man out of the three of you guys. And I know they, um, even in season two, that was a joke when you guys all go to the, like, um, I almost said swingers convention, um, the, um, like, date night thing that Kirk puts on to meet women that, you know, oh, yes, Larry right. says, like, I don't know, we're, you know, we're all going to be in trouble with Larry here, or not Larry, with Daryl here. <laughs> he has all the women around him in the end. So. He's got all the, so yeah, that's a right. running joke on the series, like, the women love him. <laughs> Yeah, that's why he's the face. Yeah. yeah. And this is just like. It's great because he has the stone face, just like. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. And this is just a nice moment, uh, you know, him, you know, Larry in his own way trying to compel Daryl to come back. And I, even though this isn't supposed to be the actual Christmas episode, it feels like a. You know, that it works with the whole B plot that feels like this could have worked as the Christmas episode of the show. Right. And just perfect at dancing. Yeah. Then you got you in the background looking at something. Yeah, just checking out the houses. <laughs> oh, I'm checking out the ski slopes. Yeah. Checking out the ski slopes. And again, it's just funny. I'm over there. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. It's just like this is entertaining to me. All the '80s greatness you could buy for it's, it's real five grand in the end. You know that was a yeah a fair amount of money from that, or you got a fair amount from that money. Yeah, we yeah. Rent of the house and the guests who came to the end got to have their picture Christmas picture taken as well. <laughs> it's just great how like they, you know, are like, We're we're buying into this now. We'll we'll take part into the insanity that's around you. Yeah. And that was the fun part with the guests. Like there was always like someone weird like trying to sneak their pets in or, you know, trying to steal stuff. Um, I know there was the one episode the guy thought he was reincarnated from like the house's like original owner or something like that oh yes that's right yes yeah, right. oh, yeah because he wanted to buy the inn yeah, yeah. you know and it, it works again it's um i know bob newhart said that you know he wanted this to be like and you know the bob newhart show where he had his wacky patients coming in that this was the way to have a revolving door of you know wacky people and like yeah obviously he had yeah. the main cast you guys and then you know on the peripheral side of things you know shiftlet and um Chester and Jim and Harley and all that, but it's like a great way to have every week you could have someone new here who has their own weird yeah. gimmick. Yeah, it was great because Todd here is feeling lonely because his family's out of town for the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> again, it's just, and again, it's perfect. It's just like, you know, everyone's just getting into this and, you know, Dick is just like, okay, whatever, you know, fine. Why not? Why not? Let's do our Christmas portrait. Why not? Let's wear sweaters. You know, and he has his joke as Joanna's yeah. trying to put a sweater on. He's like, why don't you just light me on fire? Um, but yeah, and that's, I mean, it's a very emotional um, moment. You're happy to see the um, three brothers. Now, I don't think anyone watching this would, um, actually think that you're now going to be a Daryl shy of the trio, but like, it's still, it works. It tugs on the heartstrings. It's a not overly maudlin, <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Just all wanting to sing Christmas songs, even though again, not needed, just got to do the picture, but they're really going for it. 
Now you're really good at. Was this you really playing the comb, or did they um, dub that over for you? No, no. We're Tony and I both were playing combs. Well, that's interesting. I always. I was kind of being that. a little sort of voce on the quiet on the comb. So when Tony comes in, he plays it stronger. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thing. Like we hear two now. It must be him. And great. And again, it works like, as a Christmas special. Like it. it yeah. Very nice. It's great with the, the little Christmas greeting card at the end. Yeah. And then Tony's look to the camera. Like, you know, the devilish um, grin he has. A little, exactly, very devilish kind of like. One of the few times he breaks his stoic look on his face. Exactly, yeah. Always with the sweaters. As he says, you know, you really should wear more sweaters in the end. But... Yeah, right. Everybody should wear more sweaters. There, yeah. Sweater. Yeah. You know, the look up. Yeah. It's a perfect grin. And they do the little caption, Merry Christmas, Stratford Inn. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's a perfect way to end the yeah. episode. You know, it's um, just really great, you know. You guys um, having your little moment at the end, and you know, it, again, it's nice. We've seen you know across, um, you know, just two seasons. You guys went from a one-minute joke to now an entire episode is dedicated to you. And um, yeah, right. It's crazy to see the evolution, how quickly that came from again one joke to oh, we need to have these guys in here a lot more to being series mainstays. Yeah, well, and and again, you know, if if Bob didn't feel like a good sense of, from the beginning you know i like these guys these guys work well with me and stuff so let's keep them in here for a while yeah so, uh, well join us in for our final episode coming up in a yeah seconds. and we're back for our final episode season seven's episode three this blood's for you original air date november 14th 1988 so we just um, passed the anniversary for this um, yesterday, twenty-eight or thirty-eighth right. anniversary. Yes. So my goodness. Um, yeah. So while not completely Larry Daryl and Daryl centric, this on um, is heavily you though. At the yeah. end, you know, this is your um, shining moment at the end. So you know, we we'll get to talk a little bit about you know. Yeah. You with that. So. Yeah. Well, Prodigal Daryl is pretty much Tony's episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was mostly obviously with the, you know, you guys not talking. Um, it, most episodes that were featured heavily with you guys were either a group project or Larry. And then, right. um, yeah, to, you know, Tony got Froggle Daryl and then you got this one. I'm trying to rack my brain if um, either of you got um, your individual spotlights. But I think we, we, mostly... we were very happy with what, what they gave yeah. us. You know, they gave yeah, us I a mean, few, yeah. And again, yeah, and you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked every time to have the you know the main character be silent. But when you know they they were able to write around you guys not being able to talk. I mean, this you know exactly to it. But the final scene between you and Julia, where she's doing like all the talking, but you're doing, you know, you're acting your heart out with your facial and body language. That's like you know, it's I point to like two very good performances. Oh, it was very, it was great. I was Julia and I were also in a mini series called The Blue and the Gray. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that on both your IMDb's. So. Yeah. Six Degrees of New Heart. And yeah. About Kevin Bacon. And, uh, and, uh, there's another one where Tony becomes the oldest one. I don't, you, you referenced that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, even that, that's still a, you know, 
three of you guys. Yeah. Um, major story. So, you know, love that joke we just talked over of, um, you know, Dick thinking uh, um, P- uh, Peter Scolari crying uh, was like a woman, you know. Yeah, who's that hysterical woman? Yeah, it plays in well to him. Like, that's a running joke of him being very cowardly. I remember there was one episode where the two of them went to see a scary movie and he, like, had to hide under the bed during the storm because yeah. he thought, like, the, I, think it was, I think it was, like, the Wizard of Oz. Like, he was scared, like, the witch was coming to get him or something. Oh, my God, I, can't, I don't remember them. Yeah, I'd have to look it up, but... Yeah, no, I mean, again, you know, everyone, you know, you guys all interact with each other, you know, like, there's not a single bad actor in this. Like, I can't point to anyone being, a, like, a weak link, like, oh, you know, the show's great, but not bad person, you know. Maybe even in the first two no. seasons with um, Kirk and um, Leslie, you know, even though um, they didn't, I, I think Leslie, like, they didn't know really what to do with her nearly as much as they did with Stephanie. Yeah. Like, that, that was her problem was, oh, she's rich and will occasionally reference it, but that's about it like she was just like the, the only serious worker who was actually competent at her job like probably more competent than dick and joanna actually were and that's not nearly as funny as for some reason stephanie doing nothing still gets paid right. like they can't bring themselves to fire her i always like to think she had blackmail on them and that was just never <laughs> yeah no no I think they, they looked at her as a daughter yeah. or something because they didn't have kids it, it was, yeah i mean it worked out perfectly you know um the age yeah. gap between um, the two of them and all that, you know, even though you know, yeah. they're not too much and it makes me, it started to make me feel realize that um, I'm becoming an adult now when I'm finding out that I'm older <laughs> than like the two of them. Like, Oh, you know, growing up watching these shows like, Oh, they're really old. Like, Oh, they're younger than I am. <laughs> so uh, with this episode, um, it's, I've noticed watching like the whole series from beginning to end pretty much yeah. that, this is probably the bitchiest Stephanie ever was in the entire series. Do you know if there was a deliberate attempt to, like, we have to make her really mean-spirited in this to, like, make the plot work? Or um, if that was just a happenstance? Because there could have been a version where she's just her normal, you know, picky self and then still has the blow-up at you guys at the end or in the middle and still works. But I think this No, I think cool. every once in a while they would do that with the... Uh... When she's looking at the Vogue magazine, she's prettier. Yeah. She's prettier. She's prettier. Yeah. You know, and, um, yeah. And like in the Christmas where the last one, are those presents for me, you know? And, yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that was her standard level. This, like, you know, the entire time yeah. she's mean-spirited. But it works out, you know, and again, Julia seems like the sweetest person yeah. in real life. And, you know, she pulls it off. She, like, you love to, like, hate her, like, when she's like this. But you never, like, truly dislike her. Yeah. And then she, her and Peter play off each other so well, and, yeah. well, and it's like what? And he's so crazy in love with her, and and stuff. And then years, you know, after a few years, and they break up for a while. You know how distraught he is, and he loses his job, and he becomes a clown for a while. Yeah. Peter does. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, that that's a great like you know again reoccurring you know theme. Like where it's just like you know now like she's like she's yeah it shows that she does care that she's putting up with him being in a lowly position though. I don't know yeah. if being a station manager at a small TV station um, was much step up for her. Uh, but, you know, apparently it paid enough to, for him to buy a Turbo Z, so I guess the paycheck wasn't that right. bad. They were very, a little inconsistent on um, how much he was making enough to... I mean, I would love to have yeah. that apartment uh, that he has in the show. Yeah, right. It's a shame they don't use they it. They didn't go to the lot. apartment, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like... Um, I only... I think they showed it one time um you um 
your guys' bedroom in that episode I mentioned with um, you know, Dick sleeping over. You know, you have like apparently like a back room somewhere in the Minuteman that you guys all sleep in. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget, but we lived above the Minuteman because yeah. I don't know if you saw the episode where Tony and I play the grand pianos on the revolving stage. I believe so, yeah. Well, yeah, again, you know, again, it works just like you're living there. You got like a room that probably was not designed to be the bedroom, but you know, you got your all high, um, brass like beds and old, bed, you know, everything is old fashioned in there, but it works perfectly with you guys. Yeah. Now, this is one of the few episodes where uh, Mary Fran is not in. You know, I've realized, like, oh, yeah, she's, you know, out of town on this one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Tom was such a great guy, always so supportive of us and everything too such a wonderful com- comic actor all around yeah he, like you said everybody is yeah, i mean he he had a lot of good um spotlight episodes and that like pulled on the hearts right yeah he did yeah um, the ones where he, it it was a weird thing how many lost loves he did have um that was, he had rue mcclanahan in the first season yeah uh, or first or second season and then um had a handful of other ones and you always like really felt for him it's like you know this guy um well, he had to be like in his late fifties, early sixties at this point, right? Um, so, like, you know, life has passed him by. He's in the he's starting to become sunset of his years, and he's um, a little sad at times. So it's like you know he's happy for the most part. Yeah, you could have seen him. It's a shame he didn't get to do too much like dramatic work. But like at the book burning episode, he he come, he gets a girlfriend at the end of that one. Yeah. Yeah, but we go back to status quo, and, you know, she's not mentioned again. But, you know, yeah, you know, he, he does have luck here and there. But, again, it's like the family, um, you know, Dick and Joanna and all of you guys were his family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just feel for Peter here, you know, how many times he had probably had to do this take of, you know, he shows how athletic he was. You know, I know she's you know, pretty skinny, but like, you know, how many times that he had to keep her in his arms for God knows how long and then run up and down the stairs. I, 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 I was wondering, you know, I, Julia's light. I mean, uh, she's not a big girl, so. Couldn't be that bad, but yeah. after, you know, how many takes do you do where it's like, okay, guys, can we, you know, wrap this up? And rehearsals. Yeah. yeah. And I mainly think of that because it's one of my favorite movie facts for how depressing it is, but um, Boris Karloff screwed up his back permanently after making the first Frankenstein because he had to carry Colin Clive in the climactic scene, and they kept forcing him to do that, Like, and he like screwed up his back for the rest of his life, so, you know, Julia's no um, Colin Clive, but still, well, that's always in the back of my head when I see people yeah. carrying someone, I'm like, don't, don't hurt your back. Don't hurt, that's right. So, it's a lot. You wonder how many of these flowers were just bought by um, Michael to cheer her up, but still nice to see, you know, she has... Like all the presents that she gets, did you bring me something? I put Dick and Joanna's behind me, right there behind those other flowers. It's, it's, again, nice. I mean, she can be bitchy and bratty, but, like, again, it's just, it's, she's so sweet with it, you know, like, you know, yeah. if Julia did not, uh, was not the actress that she was, this could have been a very, like, hated character. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, right, exactly. It's a testament to her acting that, and same thing with, um, Absolutely. Michael being pricky, you know, and, uh, prickly, I should say, um, and snobbish that, like, again, you like both of them. Like, I, again, it's one of these things where it's like, would I want to be friends with these people in real life? I don't know. But, like, in the show, they're yeah. going to be around. And then, you know, you've seen a bunch of producers and stuff who who were like Michael was. 
Yeah. Well, you know, he has his, like, schemes that he keeps, like, roping, like, Dick into and all that. Like, where, like, the underhanded stuff. It's like, oh, well, he's not, like, a he's a pretty bad person. And, you know, they do have those plots where um, he either contemplates cheating on um, Stephanie or um, in the one two-parter, which I think it was, um, I, I'll put it up on screen. Um, I'm blanking. I think it was the beginning of season three. Or, no, um, probably four where um, he briefly breaks up with um, Stephanie because he gets, like, an assistant who is, like, the mirror image, or the exact, like, you know, his female doppelganger, but, you know. Oh, yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, he realizes he needs his muffin, and, you know, that that's all he wants. Right. And again, they play off well each other, and, you know, even though it's revealed to be a dream in the end, you know, it's see, ha- good to see they lived happily ever after. I know, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, and now here you guys are, you know, bringing your weird gift that they don't say but it's wet that's all we know it's wet whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever it is yeah. yeah we can assume it's a snail a slug well, like larry says it's like weird it was dry when we put it in there so you know yeah i know yeah and the perfect punchline to the joke we'll put it with dick and joey and his flowers and he realizes wait what yeah Again, you know, um, Ghost Show Bob Newhart's, like, just perfect, like, deadpan. Like, he didn't even have to say anything, you know. He was like you guys in that scene. Didn't have to say something, but you read the expression on his face. Yeah. You know, we still haven't gotten. We're about to get to the um, whammy here. You know, it was your blood, you know. Yeah, coursing through her veins. Yeah. Now, do you have type A? We're the only ones, we're the only ones in, in Middlebury. Yeah. Do you really have AB blood, or is that, do they lie about that? No, that's, I, I don't even think Julia has that. I think we, we probably have pretty normal blood, whatever, type O. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't even know what my blood type is. Maybe I could donate to her. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> that's probably, that's probably just um, there you go. But yeah, I mean, right now, like, this is just a run-of-the-mill funny joke. Like, this and another episode could just be her quietly freak out when we move on, but, like, you know, this is you know, where we now get her, like, getting really mean-spirited. And you could see, like, you do a great look showing, like, how proud you are that you effectively saved her life. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't get into how, like, close, like, would she have actually died from this or was this a, you know, just a run-of-the-mill thing. Like, okay, you know, she would have been fine for a while. But, like, it still, like, works either way that you're proud that you played a part in helping her and, like, how quickly selfish she is about this and like how negative she right. is. Right. I, I feel like I've got a connection. Yeah. It was the brother's like, well, now she's part of the family. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's nice. I mean, you always show that like you guys had a, like very much respect. Like you guys were very chivalrous, you know, with especially her, but even with Joanna and um, Leslie a little bit, a few moments you had with her in the first two seasons. Um, that you're very respectful to women and you you were looking to help her out yeah. the way you could. Yeah, when she came, when she got lost in the woods, you know, with Miss Stephanie and the Golden, the Three Bears. Yeah. Well, I, we were very respectful, yeah. One, I, um, one of my favorite moments it was the whole plot was, uh, I think it was, it might have been Miss Stephanie, I'm blanking on it, but um, when um, someone is being, like, really um, mean to her, and, you know, like, he goes over, Larry goes over and introduces, he's like, oh, I'm Larry, this is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. And he's like, yeah, why do I care? It's like, oh, yeah, I figured you'd like to know your assailants. <laughs> you know, it's a great line that you're willing yeah. to beat the crap out of someone for being mildly rude to her, that you're protective, like, older brothers, you know, even though they're yeah. trying to bury her at one point. But, hey, you know, very protective of her nonetheless. 
And this is great with with the cholesterol. Bob's eating a four egg omelet. George is eating, watching his cholesterol. Again, the two of these these guys, and I know they worked together on um, Bob Newhart briefly. You know, he was an yeah. occasional reoccurring character. I mean, again, it goes to show all of you worked really well, but, like, this scene where they're just talking about breakfast is hilarious. Like, you don't need wacky stuff going on. It's just, you know, him eating, like, a bad breakfast for you. <laughs> I like in the previous, in the bedroom scene, when, when, when he brings her the ice cream that he drove 46 miles. Yeah. And- then forgot the chocolate syrup, you know. And again, it shows how nice George is. Like, oh, if I leave now, I'll be back before nightfall. Yeah. And then, yeah, here's where we mentioned, you know, the 8 by 10 glass. Here we go. There's my modeling shot. That needs to be your IMDb photo if it's not. Like, we, we you know, <laughs> you know I, I, should, I should put that one up there. You're right. <laughs> it's just, that's if you, when we can go back to conventions, that should be the only thing if you go to a convention to sign something. It's like you have to get it as that photo. That's not a bad idea. Again, you know, it's, yeah. it's just classic. It's like you wonder what Daryl was doing. Oh, yeah, he was a model. For what? We don't know. But he was a model. <laughs> for just, uh, yeah. yeah. Was he a model for like the Minuteman Cafe like menu? We don't know, but he did for something. The menu, yeah, for the menu, yeah. For the local handyman, for the local the local uh, hardware store, and the plumbing plumbing supplies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but again, it just it shows you guys how eclectic you really are. That just like, yeah. There's just always something like, going I like, on. I like I like checking out the new cars when they come out. This happening stuff. to you guys. Speaking of cars, that's one of my yeah. favorite jokes you guys did when everyone's getting ready to go on vacation. And yeah. Larry's like, You guys, we're going to tear on the Riviera. We're going to France. No, going we're going on, on the old vacation, car in the yeah. back. It's like, perfect. Yeah. So, and again, you know, this yeah. shows, you know, um, how hurt um, you were in the, them as well by. Um, Stephanie and shows, you know, like, yeah, and they dialed up her, you know, mean spiritedness, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, that, you know, you, Suze, she said that. I'm like, ooh, wow, for the first time I'm watching, like, that didn't know exactly that where this was going to go, but, like, it's like, wow, this is very mean. It's like that, I could see why. Yeah. And the fact that Tony starts scratching his head, yeah, let's go to look to, at the pound, pond, at the pound, figuring I might be worthy. I might have gone there. Yeah. Again, you know, just everything they give you guys was, like, pure gold. Like, I, I, there's so many moments you could always point to across the series. You know, we've listed yeah. n- numerous ones that are just, you know, perfect, you know. But it, was a, it was a great eight years. Testament oh. to how great the writers were. Yeah. Um, that's why I've been slowing down watching the last half of season seven and season eight. I'm like, I, I don't know what to <laughs> do now when I'm done watching it. I guess I'll start re-watching it. She gets that little manic, I'm eating like a wild person. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm Steph. It, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. That's really funny. It's just like, yeah, the Daryl is slowly taking over. See, that, again, it could have been a horror movie. Exactly, like, yeah. It's infected. You know, it's oh, no. Daryl zombie. <laughs> I mean, some body horror stuff going on. But, you know, and again, they, they knew when to ride the line. They 
amped up the bitchiness in her character, but like they're like, okay, well we gotta bring it back down here. You know that it's a ridiculous, funny thing yeah, she's I... angry about now. Of like, oh my god, I'm meeting like one of them. Yeah, I'm meeting like an animal. That's like it. Yeah, they really knew how to ride the line to make sure you didn't hate her. The lines were great. The lines so were so, were so good. Well, and I noticed Dick Martin. Um, yeah, he did the first. Yeah, he did quite. He and Will McKenzie did quite a few in the beginning. And Peter Baldwin, um, a gentleman by the yeah. name of uh, Michael Lessig, and David Steinberg did quite a few. Yeah, they got a uh, they got a lot of good talent to be directing yeah. behind the camera and the writers. So. Here you come back, you know, this nice moment of you're getting leeches for her, like even in your simplistic. You know, Daryl-ness. Yeah, I want to make. I want to get the blood out of her if she doesn't yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're still trying to be helpful. You're not like, you're not truly angry. Chose like oh, how nice no. of a person. Yeah, Daryl is. I mean, all three of them, especially you, like how like you're borderline angelic. You know, I I maybe with like <laughs> the, you yeah. know, the hair you had, you're like almost yeah. like the cowardly line. Like you're the nicest one of the group. He does, yeah. Which I know in the one Halloween episode, George dresses up like the cowardly lion. But yeah. yeah. Maybe next Halloween 2021, you could pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can go to parties, but then you'll be able to do that. I'm, I'm glad that someone your age is, is, is watching these as well. So you can pass, pass the mantle on to your age as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a shame because, like, it's not really streaming anywhere. I, I had to buy yeah. the DVD sets. Um, you know, which is fine because I'm like an old man at heart. I like physical media, but I'm like, oh, this is like a shame that this isn't um, really you know out there more. You know, for how classic yeah. of a series it is. But it looks like they're coming back now with the different streaming channels, like Laugh and those things. Yeah, and I'm sure you know CBS. You know, it might be on CBS um, on demand or whatever yeah. the hell. And you can always go to YouTube, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, you know, the version we're watching because my DVD um, fizzled out on me for this set. We had to watch this from YouTube. Yes. I don't encourage people to pirate DVD sets um, unless you right. don't get a cut of them. Then, yeah, go ahead and pirate it away. Um, yeah. But but I love, I, I love the way Julia and she and I work off with each other here. Yeah. She's, she's totally toned down her bitchiness, like you said, and She's really got a re- soft center. Yeah, I mean, it shows that even with how nasty she can be at times, she is a nice person. Um, and, you know, she is a nice person, and, you know, that she's speaking nicely. She's treating you like a person now. You know, she wasn't early on, but like she said, she panicked. You know, she uh, was not used to anyone. You know, she has the joke at the beginning, wait, I'm going to have a scar. So it's like you could see, like, all of this was just, you know, tension bubbling up finally, and, you know, you were the one that got lashed out on that, you know. Yeah. It, again, it rides the line very well where you don't permanently hear. This could have been if they, you know, again, if, you know, the writers or even Julia played it differently, you know, where you don't like her. Um, but again, you know, though, obviously with you, you're, you're doing your you're acting your heart out here sitting in this chair doing your nods and all that. You're able to read a lot into... Um, your performance. Oh well, yeah, we're, like, you're you're forgetting. Really, uh, reacting. It's great because we're reacting off of each other and stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I remember when we shot it and stuff. You know. Yeah. That's great. You don't understand why she's like this. Why it's a big deal? Because it wouldn't be a big deal for you. But like, right. you understand that this is who she is, and that you 
still love her like a sister, you know, like, you know, you care yep. for her, like, you know, she's your kid's sister and all that. Yeah. Um, and then we get the nice little moment here in a moment um, with um, her handing you, like, the muffin and all that. I can imagine how many takes you had to do like, eating these Not many. We, we, oh, you did? The... Okay, good. No, no. That, that's the thing I just always think when I see actors having to eat something. I'm like, oh, God, how many times did, <laughs> did John have to eat that muffin? So... Good to see you didn't have to eat a billion of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, and again, it's, it, and it works perfectly for your character that that's all you need. Heard of, like, apologize so, yeah. and then just hand you a muffin. That That's how nice you are. And you see, like, she ate the muffin just like I ate the muffin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good character moment, and then, you know, this is very touching where she, like, wipes the crumbs off for you. Yeah. You know? Again, you know, had they handled this differently, this could have been the, oh, I don't like Stephanie going forward. Like, they could have, you know, really screwed up her, you know, character for the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Don't mind the child being murdered in the background of mine. My neighbor's yeah. screaming. So, and then, yeah, this is nice, you know, she just, just gives you all the muffins. Yep. And you're going to go down to the bog to eat them. Yeah. And maybe share knows, with yeah. Larry and Daryl. You know, yeah, like exactly. I want to share my muffins. But with the bell. Yeah. Wrap up even that little thing that they handed her. Like, that yeah. has a nice wrap up. Cool. Moment. And then, yeah, we see, you know. And then she starts to, uh oh. Yeah. She accepts <laughs> it a little bit, but then it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to go that far. Yeah. So that's <laughs> a great moment. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, as we're wrapping there up, we go. You know, I just want, again, thank you for coming on. This is great to. You know, hear from you and on all sure, these Andrew. classic episodes. So it was fun to do this. It was really cool. Yeah. So you know, and we're going to do a brief Q and A about the rest of the series. But um, it's been nice talking about specific these episodes. So maybe maybe another time we can do another one. Yeah. So all right. Well, um, until next time, have a good night, everyone. Take care, everybody. Yeah. See you. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks. Thank you.